welcome to the Data Leadership Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony J. Algaman. Data is everywhere in our businesses, and it takes leadership to make the most of it. We bring you the people, stories, and lessons to help you become a data leader. Today, I'm joined by Scott Taylor. Known as the Data Whisperer, Scott is a globally recognized thought leader and consultant on the strategic value of proper data management. As principal of MetaMeta Consulting, he provides data evangelism as a service to help enterprises and tech brands tell their data story by focusing on the why of business alignment rather than the how of technical implementation. He lives in Bridgeport, Connecticut, where he often kayaks in Black Rock Harbor. He can also juggle pins and blow a square bubble, which we will need to talk about as well. But hey, Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Anthony, thanks for having me. Delighted to be here as well. So you're, and and for anybody out there that follows even remotely the data management space, they know you. You're, you're, you're everywhere out on, on social media. So I'd like to start today. Just help us understand how did you get to this point and how did you become the data whisperer? How did I, yes, how did I become this data whisperer here? So kind of a fun moniker. The intention of it is that like all data management experts, we help calm data down. Mm-hmm. Data is unruly. It's unstructured. It's big. It's corrupt. we got to calm it down. So, And also, as an extension of that, to help people calm down about data. So I picked that moniker a couple of years ago. People, It always gave everyone a smile. So for me, that was enough validation to have it stick. But uh, I've, I've just been pushing out a lot of content, as you've seen over the last maybe year and a half, especially in LinkedIn, to help people support that notion that data management is super important. And I don't think it gets enough exposure. So that's my intention in all of that. Absolutely. So how did you how did you get into the data management space? Because I find this fascinating because it's not like there's a data management major in college and people are like, I'm going to go and learn what I need to be to be an excellent data governance coordinator and to do data stuff like we find this in weird ways. So how did how did you find data management in the first place? I've been in the data management space for two and a half decades or so. I fell into it when I was at a company that's now part of Nielsen, where I helped un create and launch a brand that was for consumer packaged goods manufacturers and it helped them structure and manage their own customer master. So I come at the data space from the master data um, perspective and actually from the content side of it. So never software. I was always consultative in my approach, but I wasn't a hardcore consultant. But I learned through all of that a way to tell the data management story that was accessible to the business side. And that's where my success really happened. So not a technical guy, as you mentioned in the intro. I am the strategic why, not the technical implementation how. I like to say in classic data-based design, fashion, you know, conceptual, logical, physical. I am great at conceptual. I can get technically through logical, but I don't get physical. I don't touch anything. (laughs) So I really start with what's the business looking for and how do you articulate the value of that? Because data management people are awesome and I, I love the practitioners. I have deep respect for the folks who do the how, but they struggle telling that story. Yeah. And we got to help them get that story to the sea level where people have, you know, no time to understand the technical stuff, but they have all the money to fund it. So we got to get that story out there. 
Yeah, you're preaching to the choir on this one because I, I, I've seen this as well where we'll go and, and we'll go to data conferences and we'll talk about data stuff and we'll talk about the, the kind of art of doing the work. But what we fall down on so much is that connection to the business, the strategic leadership of the actual organization and having them understand why what we do matters to them. And and it does matter to them, but we're not very good at, at translating that message. So I, I appreciate a lot of the, the work you do in, in trying to make that accessible and and for folks if you haven't checked out uh scott's youtube channel we'll make sure we have you um we'll have the links in the show notes for that but he has as entertaining of of content as you're going to see in this space and it's it's relatable and it's fun and so in you know find ways to engage with your folks in your business um in a way that that's relatable and fun because because that's going to get more attention than talking about things like indexing strategies in your data warehouse or how you you know do a, a you know data quality remediation effort and and they just see dollars and costs and it and it and it's kind of sucks their soul away I think a lot of time if we don't approach it the right way. I uh, think there's a lot of soul sucking out there. <laughs> I mean, I give people the counsel if you get a minute with your CEO to talk about what you need in data management, do not show them your reference data architecture that you've worked so long on. They just don't care. Yeah. And I even pick on some of the kind of legacy lexicon in the space because I think it's not working. I mean, as important as data quality is, the concept of data quality isn't something that senior leadership cares about. And in case you haven't noticed, you know, that pitch hasn't worked for decades. And if it has, it would have worked already, but we're not getting the support we need for data quality initiatives because it doesn't sound relevant enough. Yeah, and that because I I want to I want to say my my hypothesis that I've been working with for a while is that there is an increasing awareness of the importance of data, and I think that's true in people's individual personal lives. I think that it's true in the business context. But what I haven't witnessed is a maturing of that relationship with data for folks that don't do this all day long, right? The, and and that that what you were talking about with that data quality conversation, I'm curious in your perspective, how have you seen? this evolve over the last two and a half decades is is it fundamentally different than it was two decades ago or is it is it still the same conversations that you were having then i mean i think the conversations are remarkably similar mm. in almost kind of a, a in, in a really strange way so we're talking about the same concepts the needs i believe are fundamentally the same mm -hmm. if i peel it all back i look and say okay data and analytics are a way to find truth and meaning for brands that want to build and grow and protect their relationships. Mm -hmm. So in that sentence are the important aspects that have been evergreen and eternal. You've got relationships, customer, vendor, partner, prospect, right? Those are classic MDM domains. Mm -hmm. You've got brands, your products, your services, your offerings, your the things you make and the people you sell to and buy from and partner with. That's always been part of commerce. That's what commerce is all about. But data, which I define in the data management side as determining the truth, hence my hat, right? I'm all about the true side. And analytics, which I define as deriving meaning. Mm -hmm. Those two things are very obviously deeply connected and you've got to point that stuff at the relationships in your business and show how it again grow improve protect those are the three things that businesses want to do how does it do that for for your enterprise so what has changed however is a couple of things one yes the absolute 
understanding and recognition of data itself. We're in a time now where people are talking about data like they never have before. That's exciting if you're in the data business. At least they know the word and that it's not all frightening. Mm -hmm. Um, And the urgency and the stakes. Mm -hmm. So when I was starting a couple decades ago, people could say, you know, we don't really need all this. We've got it all set. Our data is handled. Now nobody even pretends to have that. And the value and as I mentioned, the stakes around being better at data and analytics have never been higher. It could, it's an existential decision right now. You can make or break your business based on how well you manage and your data. That's what I believe. Yeah, I think that's well put. I, I would absolutely agree with what you just said. If you know, For the folks that are out there in our audience that aren't the data management professional and they are on the leadership side, What's your advice to them on, on where do they get started? Like, what do I do if I if I'm in a, an organization, we'll say just kind of a, a random organization of, you know, decent size, overwhelmed by the amount of data they have known data quality problems. If you talk to five random people, they'll say something like our data sucks. And right. that'll be about the level of detail they have on it. But they know it sucks. It, and, and what does the leader do in that situation? How do you how do you start to treat that problem at a at a healthy scale in an organization if you're that would be a great situation so if you're a leader and you realize you need help with data what i've really tapped into and what i've seen consistently at enterprises and i define the 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 kind of company type that you were describing as an enterprise sure right you got enterprise systems you got lots of data maybe you're in a couple countries maybe you've got multiple product lines but you know you're an enterprise so you have if you're an enterprise, you have enterprise data. If you have enterprise data, you got enterprise data problems. Mm-hmm. But what I've always tapped into and what I think I help bring a voice to is this expert you've got already in your organization. There have got to be data management leaders in your own organization or practitioners who get it. Mm-hmm. They understand the value data brings. They understand the foundational needs of data quality. Again, data quality is important. I just don't think you want to lead with that pitch, but it's important. And they understand some of the basics that need to get done in terms of the blocking and tackling of master data, reference data, metadata, my three favorite kinds of data, Mm -hmm. and what those can do for an organization. And, And are able in a lot of cases to disassociate that with the more fancy, you know, nearly heroic stature that things like data science and machine learning and AI and yeah analytics have uh, have uh, been able to achieve these days as great as those are we all know the golden rule of data do upon your data as you would have it do upon you otherwise known as you know garbage in garbage out it, it's you know irrefutable it's as certain as gravity that that's going to happen so the frustration that i found are those folks know it they can't get the attention of the data leaders yeah uh, they can't get the attention of their senior leaders in a way so if you're a senior leader reach out to those folks dig past the technology part actually go past and deeper than the analytics part get to the data experts in your organization and they will have story after story of what needs to get fixed and if they're smart and most of the ones i've you know known and loved in my career are are intelligent practitioners who know what's wrong Mm -hmm. get to them hear them out because they've got a story that they want to tell. And I think that will start to open your eyes to what really needs to get fixed. 
Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I would say, you know, there's two directions that those people can serve. And that is you treat the data. So things like data quality and, and the things that you're doing to the data itself to make it more usable and, and uh, more beneficial to your organization. That's kind of this inward approach. But then, and this is the, the challenge that I see so much, is that we put so much focus on the data. We put so much focus on data systems and data warehouses and business intelligence and analytics and all of that stuff. But there's an entire world at this metadata layer, or this layer of abstraction of how do people actually relate to this data? How do they use it? How do they understand it and apply it in different contexts, share it and, and you know control it and all of these things? It's that aspect to data that tends to be woefully underinvested in because it's it's a lot less tangible than building a data system that you can, you know, you know, get query response times and things like that. It's a lot, it's a lot less intuitive of, of what even that stuff is. Um, and, and I think that that by connecting in with those data management fresh professionals or those folks that really understand the problems at a deep level in your, in your organization, you can start to understand where the breakdowns on, on that layer occur. What's, what's your experience been in that world? Cause I know so much of what you do requires that level of human interaction with the data, um, to, to make it dance, to make it do the things you need it to do. It, you know, you touch upon a couple of things. One is sort of the vocabulary out there and the focus around the technology and things that actually are tangible. So you got to hand it to folks that, yes, tangible things are easier to understand than intangibles. Mm -hmm. I spent my career in master data, as you did, right? MDM, we love that. And master data as an asset, you don't see master data, right? It's really hard to demo it, but you feel it. Mm. And so you got to get into the emotional side of, look, when you're trying to do a hierarchy report with our top 100 customers and we can't do that, that's not because the software doesn't work. That's not because we don't have a lot of, you know, the analytical power. It's because the hierarchy structure is bad. Or as you would say, sucks, right? I've seen three, three types of data quality, actually, in my experience. Good, great, and sucks. So you're right. That's a, but that, you know, or you've got a segmentation program and you're doing, you know, an account-specific or account-based marketing initiative. And it, you've got an industry focus and you don't have common industry codes. You don't have that stuff structured. So data structure for me is as important as anything else in the data and analytics space because it drives so much of what we do, but it's hard to, it's really hard to prove. It's hard to show. It's hard to see. So you got to, you know, get people to feel that pain. Yeah. And, and I think there, I always look for ways of, of like using common language that are indicative of problems that we know well, patterns that we've seen before. And when we hear things like a lot of questioning around where did you get that data or where did that data set come from or how did you know how did that list get into this report? That to me are are good indicators that this could be a master data problem or or a reference data problem where they should be using a very clear and, and well understood agreed upon source for information that's shared widely in that enterprise, but for whatever reason, that hasn't happened. That coordination has not yet taken place. Yeah, or, or somebody's, you know, MDM, again, master data, my favorite kind of data. I boldly declaim that master data is the most important data any organization has. Mm -hmm. it, so it's about the relationships and it's about your brands, which are the two major, you know, it's the reason you're in business. Yeah. And back to one of your other thoughts, you know, if I'm talking to a CEO, I talk about that. It's, you know, let's talk about your relationships. 
the data behind those relationships and the data we're using to try and manage those relationships in our organization, it doesn't work. We don't have the data to back it up. So you've got to focus on, again, the basics. I think the basics are important. I love the part of the data space I'm in because I'm sort of at the start where it all starts, you know, rather than where it ends, which is kind of analytics. So you've got to start with the right ingredients. You've got to start with the right structure. You've got to start with the right quality, of course, is important. Just don't lead with it, as I keep saying. But those are the basics. And, you know, if you're in if you're in DEMA, if you're following a lot of these big leaders out there in the data space, they're all talking about this. I just think we have to change the tone a little bit. Get the vocabulary that's really confusing out of the conversation. Get the voice we've got, which is really discordant, to Mm -hmm. harmonize in the key of the business, if you will. And get the vision of the data management space, which is rather blurred. Get that focused on enabling the strategic intention of your enterprise. And I think that opens up all kinds of opportunities for folks. So sorry to get off on a rant here, but I, you know, I'm really passionate around how we talk about it. That's for me is, is, you know, that's my, that's my lane, if you will, how we talk about talking about data (laughs) will get us in a better conversation. Right. And I, and I want to move into that in a moment. There's one other thread that I want to pull on a little bit on what we were just talking about in terms of, of how people connect into that data. Cause there's something that happens a lot right now and that there's these big technology investments and you hear a lot about uh, data lakes in organizations. And we've, we've invested a lot of organizations invested millions of dollars in data lakes only to find that they've, they've invested all this information. I'm putting the data in this place that is supposed to give you great flexibility and be able to get to the data quickly and all of these wonderful things. They turn it on and then it's used far less than they expected it to be. And I would posit that that's largely because we never solved for the problem that we really had, which is we can't find anything we're looking for. And when we do find something, we don't know what it's good for and, and what it, where and how it should be used. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think that's a relatable thing for even folks that are not in the data management space or in the data space proper, but they've been involved in these kinds of big scale efforts to bring in a data lake technology into their organization. I mean, we've heard it. Data Lake. I hear the story you tell about Data Lake. Didn't we hear about with data warehouses originally? Didn't we hear about that with databases originally? Same story, different terminology. You know, now people are talking about a data lake house. Like, then I guess we need a data lake housekeeper, right? I mean, it's all about like finding new roles, creating new roles, having a new version of whatever the technology is. I look at that stuff and with no, you know, with all respect to the actual technological power it has, I just look at that as a place to put your data. Mm -hmm. So if you put a whole bunch of your data in a thing called a lake and you didn't structure it and you didn't organize and you didn't know what you had beforehand, then it's just a big mess anyway. Surprise, surprise, you know, data cloud, whatever data X fill in the blank there. Mm-hmm. It's just a place just like, you know, if you, if, if I took everything I had at, in my basement and in my attic and I threw it all in a, you know, in a third party storage locker, mm-hmm. it's still junk. If I didn't, clean it if I didn't sort it out. So I just look past these things and say, 
the answer isn't where you put it. The answer is what you've got in the first place. And you've got to figure that stuff out. Yeah, as, as I would I would tend to agree with you. And as as much as I'm a fan of analogies, this like some of the analogies are starting to get out of hand. Like the the Data Lake House, for example, is I mean, instead of coming up with ever more profound analogies, let's get some real work done at some point. Let's yeah, act, yeah. actually make the data easier to use. Yeah. Don't don't get me started on data's <laughs> new oil. So people, you know, people say to me, Is data the new oil? I said, It's neither. <laughs> It's not oil and it's not new. So, you know, and we struggle for that. We struggle for like these these new cool terms. And that's what I mean by the voice is discordant. Yeah. If you're going to senior leadership is the is the ask we need a data lake, then you got to explain all that. No, I don't think that is the ask. That's what the ask is in terms of, okay, how we're going to get it done. But they still don't understand the why. And at some point that's going they're going to get weary of the latest thing you're asking for when it's technology based and you haven't solved for the fundamentals. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a great point. And so I want to spend some time because because and, and for folks that don't know. So in the last couple of weeks, I've had um, Tom Redman and John Ladley, who are also well-known experts in the data management space, um, and they and they had written an article in Dataversity, a blog post in Dataversity, uh, talking about how data management has failed. And they gave some reasons for it. We've talked about it on the, in these previous episodes to a point. Um, and Scott, you've written a response piece to that. Can you talk about what precipitated that and how your opinion either aligns or differs from that of, of Tom and John's um, and, and and why you felt compelled to, to write this thing, because I think this is a fascinating um, dialogue and, and I'm excited by it because I want to see more open debate in our thought leadership area. So it's been really cool to see this transpire and then be able to have all of you on the show to, to talk a little bit about it. That'd be great. Again, you know, great respect for the data doc, Tom Redman and, and John and the DEMA leaders who were part of this. And so I was both thrilled and actually a little bit disappointed at the same time when I read this thing. So. First, I looked at it. So, okay, their headline was data management has failed. I know they don't mean that totally. And it was kind of a way to get attention. But the headline on my response was data management hasn't failed, but data management storytelling has. And let's not kill the messengers. Let's change the messaging. And they had a really what really got me going and inspired me to just kind of hit the keyboards and write a response there was a comment they made. And I'll pull it up here so I can read it. And they said, as a community, we have failed to educate our leaders for the need on the need for high quality data and craft messages that people will listen to. And it was like, yep, we're really bad at crafting those messages. Data management stories and data management messaging is particularly difficult to listen to. And so I aligned completely with the spirit and the intention of their call to action. And I have to compliment them on almost a scathingly self, self-aware post that they put together there because I think they really took a look at the community at large and said, okay, here's where we're not, you know, here's where it's not working. But I would I would suggest that a lot of it is around that messaging and they had some great recommendations that I supported. They had a couple that I pushed back on because I think I'm one of the best data storytellers out there. And again, that's all I do. I don't do what Tom does. I don't do what John does when they actually get down in the into the into the work. What all I do is talk about how to talk about data management. And so um, 
I kind of responded to that and said, let's really look at the messaging part and let's take apart, which was some work I was already doing. So it was exciting to kind of illuminate that work again around what I call with a knowing wink to big data, the three V's of data management storytelling, the vocabulary, the voice and the vision. And you pull those together, you've got a way to construct a better data management story for your leaders. So how, I guess if, if I'm a person who's, who's reading these and we'll, and we'll link those uh, articles into the, in the show notes as well. So you can get, um, you know, you can, you can read those. Um, but how does a person put data storytelling to use? Like what, what how, if I'm, is this something that I need to be a business leader in my organization or is this something anybody who's working with data can, can start to do? A great question. I think anybody who's working with data has got to have the ability to describe what they do in a business accessible way and find that business leadership or just business peers, right? Anybody oriented around the go to market side to help them with the data that these folks are able to manage, right? That's that's the point. That's the point of having data in your organization is to help it grow, help it improve and help it protect. If what you're doing in data doesn't do one or all of those three things, I don't know what you're doing there. So you don't work for me, but I'll go, what are you doing in this organization anyway? That's really what it's got to be focused on. And so telling those stories is how you get funding. I mean, I'll bear it, you know, break it all down. This is about how to get funding. Data is not a department yet. And I would certainly aspire for the whole industry that data is a department, just like sales is, just like finance is, just like marketing is. Nobody questions the value of having a marketing department, although probably sometimes they could. Nobody questions the value of having a finance or legal department. And that's where I'd like to see data get to. Now, the CDO, the chief data officer, certainly personifies that in the more forward-thinking organizations where mm -hmm. the where those exist. But there's still lots of consternation and debate underneath that. And that's when I talk about the voice being discordant. It's like, is it a chief data officer? Is it a chief data and analytics officer? Is there a chief analytics officer? Is there a chief – I even saw somebody – um, suggest there should be a chief AI officer. It's like, forget it, man. That's never happening, right? We've got to focus on the data side. And so as someone who is part of, you know, if you're out there and you're listening and you're just, you know, you're a great data practitioner, you've got to be able to tell a story about why what you do is important to your organization and find the opportunities to support. And as I say, enable the strategic intentions of your enterprise? How does it help grow and improve and protect your business? Mm -hmm. Because that's survival for you. Data is not an option. And I think a lot of leaders out there still wondering, you know, why we even do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I've definitely, especially on the, on the chief data officer and, and that whole, you know, structuring within the organization, how this data capability gets done. I, there's so many ways that I like there's ways I think it should be done, but then you put it into a particular context and that context determines much more than the way I think it should be done. Um, and none of that is as important as let's get to work and make the data better and, and make the organization succeed through better data resources to use in, in the pursuit of the business. And to me, I'm like, I don't care about the organization nearly as much as I care about that capability, finding a home in that organization. Cause that, that's the, that's the deal break. Like that has to be there. You can structure it how you want to, but 
at the end of the day, you've got to be able to do that. So when when somebody starts telling telling the data story, so say you're you're in an organization and they've they've heard you and and they say, okay, we're going to start changing the way we talk about this, and and they're successful with that, and they get that funding. What comes after that, and how do they make sure that when held accountable for the stories that they're telling, that they can own up to that? Like, what what advice do you have for folks in that person? That you know, that kind of goes out of my scope. I'm there to sort of open up, get the attention, get the interest, secure the funding, and a lot of the how. There's million, you know, there's tons and tons of experts out there. Yeah, Tom and John being, you know, and you being among them who can help people along that journey, right? How do you link it back to the business? What's the ROI? All those other pieces. But I, I, I'm trying to fill a role, self-assigned, if you will, to get the initial attention, to get the attention of folks who aren't talking about it. I have specifically over the last couple months gotten myself on agendas that are not data management oriented. I did a post that was just simply, where's the voice of data management, data storytelling, data literacy, data science, I don't hear it, yeah. right? And I'm trying to be that voice. Again, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't already figured this out, the data whisperer doesn't do a lot of whispering. But uh, <laughs> I do want to try and you know be in, and, and, and raise that banner. So even data storytelling, to pick that apart, we've talked yeah. about that. Data storytelling as it exists today in the market is mostly about analytics. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's all about analytics. But I go, there's a data management story there because a data story, if you look at these experts who are talking about dashboards and visualization and literacy of very important concepts, but they are almost exclusively talking about analytics and analysis and BI and Hmm. ML and AI and how to put that into play. I go, fine, that data story that you're telling, the plot might come from analytics, but the characters come from data management. Hmm. So a really simple story. Our sales are up in the east. Okay, that's probably a really simple data story that a data storyteller would tell with a BI tool and analytics and so on. Take a look at that. Okay, sales are made up of customer interactions with products. And the east as a generic geography is a market. Mm -hmm. The definition of those things all come from data management. They come from business glossaries. They come from the work that data managers do to make sure they've got a, a customer definition that everybody agrees on, a product hierarchy that supports the business. So that's how you nose your way into that if you're a data management person. Get it, get to those data scientists who are spending all this time munging and wrangling. Mm-hmm. Make sure they got better data. You mentioned better data. Better data makes things better. That's my, you know, kind of slogan for for <laughs> folks no matter what and yeah. um so there's a lot of you know a lot of intersections i think that are not being intersected today because people don't realize that or they realize that they just got to get into the conversation that's what i hope for the data management folks out there get into that data science conversation get into the data literacy con- data storytelling you've got a piece you've got a role in there that I think is really important and that must be played because the success of those data stories are absolutely built on the success of the data management part of the organization. And you don't have that foundation. You don't have a story to tell. Yeah. I really like that, that notion of using your data management chops to deconstruct a story that's being told about data in any context. Like, like people are using data 
all over the place. And usually the intention is good, but sometimes the execution may be flawed. They may not know exactly what they can and can't do. There's a there's a data quality and and data definitional piece to that. There's the um the notion of the of some of the reference data that you talked about and like here's how the east or in our master data here's it here's how we define the east region. Like things like that we can deconstruct and provide a layer of detail to folks to help them understand how data makes up so much of what they're talking about anywhere in the organization. Um, I think that can be a really effective uh, technique. And 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 to talk a little bit just from a, a practitioner point of view, because I would say I am more of a, a builder of, of data capabilities and, and that includes that those technology systems and, and that stuff. And I really promote the, you know, you know, show and not just tell type of mentality of, of like, if we can couple a good data story with an effective prototype of some future capability that we can build out and more completely later, that allows us to take it from this intangible dream of here's where we could go that visionary side and starts to make it more tangible as well. And those, those two things can come together and be that much more persuasive because now you start to orient, not just the why, but also that how, and that's something where where if you have that vision and what I would encourage the folks out there, and this is whether you're technical or non-technical or whatever your function actually is, this is there's a role for you in this. And that is understand that why. Get passionate about what that future can look like, but then start to figure out through your tool belt how you might start to build some things that get you to that point. And now you couple those stories together and it makes it that much more powerful. Would, would you agree with that? I'm, I'm kind of, I don't want to put words in your mouth. So I want to make sure you have a chance to respond to, to those. No, Anthony, I think, I think you've hit right upon it. And that idea of a technique, I mean, I've kind of syndicated that. I got a book coming out. I'm working on now called telling your data story. Mm. And it's a pre it's my data whispers guide to being able to align what you're doing in data management to where your company's going so you can get funding. Okay, that's what we want here, right? So we want funding, we want support, we want stakeholder engagement, we want business leadership, you know, attention, and you got to pitch that stuff. And, you know, one thing I pushed back on on the Tom and, and, and John piece was they suggest that data um, management folks get data quality as one of the top five initiatives in a corporation that they replace one of the existing top five and get data quality on there. And I am telling you from my experience, which is pretty vast and pretty well, you know, road tested, that ain't ever going to happen. And there's a whole political angle to that. Whose initiative are you going to knock out? You're going to go against the marketing folks who are better data, who are better storytellers than you. You're going to go after, you know, something that uh, sales needs to do or legals trying to. I just don't see data quality being a top five initiative. And the opportunity in there actually is. I know it shouldn't. I suggest it shouldn't be because it's the enabler of probably three to five of those top five already. No CEO says I want better data quality. But when they talk about things like, you know, I would say every digitally transformative customer experience, every as a service offering, every implementation of any major enterprise software, every foray into e-commerce, which people are doing right now, every one of those is inextricably linked to the output of their data management activity. And that's the hook. So go find those things that your leadership are talking about. And the clues are there. Every time they say anything about a relationship, customer, vendor, partner, prospect, 
anytime they say anything about their brands in these big strategy statements, you've got a hook in there. Do we have the brand data to back that up? Do we have the customer data to back that up? Do we have the ability to scale that idea, which is what master reference and metadata absolutely do? They help things operate at scale. That's where you can get into the conversation. And that, for me, that's the story. So data management is this great enabler Mm -hmm. of all these big things that companies want to do. And it's our job to show that connection because it's not always apparent. Yeah, I think I you know, I think there's a lot of truth in that, and because as a person who's who's made your career being a data storyteller and and telling stories about data storytelling, um, you know, I think you hit on uh, one thing that I've always struggled with is that our data management, and, and I, I talk about this a lot in data governance circles, especially, but it's there's no beginning and end to this. There, we're we're part of an overall life cycle, but we're not an entire life cycle. We we are influencing things that are in motion. We're we're you know we're making things better. But data management or data governance by itself doesn't matter. That is not the same as business results. That is not the same that your leadership in their business strategy meetings is really going to care about. And so I would agree, like, we want to be well understood and, and we want to have funding and we want to have a, an important role because we can we can play and, and I think you say in, in your article like it's a horizontal discipline we we are influencing everything but by ourselves we're only part of a story and and so I, I kind of like that there is a story to be told about data and, and data management and there's a time to understand that 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 capability stretches widely across your enterprise but it has to be done in conjunction with other things, other business processes, and you know, applied analytics, applied improvements to your sales or, in, or reductions in your cost, and and in the functioning of a business, which is exactly where you want to hook into those conversations with your leadership, because that's that's where the data story actually matters. Yeah, it's there. Those data stories are there. I mean, a technique I use to figure out somebody's data, pro- you can just go to their website, all right? If they have a drop down on the website, on the menu that says, here are our regions, and then they have another one that says, here are our product lines, you already know they got problems, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, this, okay, you got nine regions, you got 12 product lines, you are a mess. I don't even have to meet you. I know you got, you know, 50, 70 ERPs and 100 places you can do customer create and product hierarchies that are mess, and you just people are just say that right so everybody's problem from the perspective i've had is remarkably similar and like i said i will if i went to that you know x organization that had that website i know i'll find data people who'll just go oh yeah, i know this is a mess no but and nobody listens to us and now we want to do you know ml for some reason or they're talking about auto ml or you know whatever the heck the newest coolest thing is they know they know it in their gut and they've got this frustration. So that everybody's got a data story. It is there. I'm trying to help people tease it out, maybe shine it up, make it more compelling, use the right vocabulary, as I say, use the right voice, point it at the right vision. But it's not like you don't have a story to tell. It is absolutely there. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I have to say, you know, you have – you know, a willingness to try so many different ways to get that story across. And one of the things that that you and and if you check out uh, Scott's YouTube page, you'll you'll see um you you've you've used puppets in, puppets, in this yes. uh, in this communication. <laughs> How did you have that idea? And and I mean, like it's 
I, I like it because it's light and it's fun because we're talking about heavy, complex things. It's nice to see having fun and, and doing it. And so where where did the idea for the puppets come from and, and how have you tried to use and integrate that into into what you do? You got to have it. And again, if people haven't seen it, I got the, the puppets of data there. Their uh, current episode is too much tech talk. And um, they just go on and on with all these buzzwords. That's what got me. And I, you know, buzzwords. I have a B in there. That seemed easy. I've got this, you know, CDO, the chief dog officer. I mean, sometimes, you know, for me, this just the creative side just starts going and going. And the most, the prevailing feedback I get on this puppet video is, this is so realistic. And I go, this is puppets. Okay. People go, I just walked out of that meeting. So it struck me again with the vocabulary, right? So sequel, no sequel in our space, no sequel actually means not only sequel. So you've got a, you've got people who talk to each other where no actually means yes. You think a business person understands that? I mean, what's the greatest, you know, one of the biggest epiphanies lately is, oh, it's not ETL, it's ELT. I mean, say that to a business leader and they're just going to go, what? (laughs) What are you talking about? So and we get all excited about it. Right. And, you know, Hadoop and Panda and all these other things. It's it's mind numbing to the business folks, to the people who need to fund you. So. I'm not saying you don't use that stuff. I'm just saying don't lead with that vocabulary. So for me, and again, one of the big points of that puppet video was everybody's talking about all these other really cool, fancy things. And then kind of the climax is, what about the data? Oh, we don't have the data. Maybe the business has the data. The business is the monkey, monkey business. Again, I didn't want to, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to be relevant globally. So I'm using some really easy puns there, yeah. but I just had a ball with it. And where does it come from? I just, you know, I've always done like cartoons, puppets since I was a kid. And when I was, you know, a kid in, in, in high school, instead of writing a history paper, I would do a movie mm. or I would do a game. So that's just the creative side of me that just comes out. And I have just such a ball with this stuff. And hopefully it shows because it's really fun. And I'm addicted to timing. So I try and get like the timing just right there, get the video right. But I'm really proud of that stuff. And I got, I got more to come. So I'm working on... Uh, a consultant, a cat sultant from Meow Kinsey, who will definitely come in and, you know, <laughs> one of his lines is, okay, it's 2.30. Now here's your watch back, right? So, you know, it's classic uh, consultant line where, you know, you pay somebody to tell you what time it is. Um, they use your own watch to tell you what time it is. But this stuff's really fun. I think it's, you know, people... It, gives them a smile which is important but i think it also makes a point which is also important and it's consistent with my approach which is you got to cut through the the tech talk you got to get to what people really are uh are are find important which is okay how does this move the business and actually john and 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 tom in their in their piece talk about you know cut out the tech talk so a lot of my inspiration for writing my response which is not a you know it, it is supportive, but then takes a little bit of an angle is they were hitting a lot on the themes that I've seen forever, which is there's too much tech talk. There's too much minutia and not about results. And they don't have an engagement with the senior leadership. And those three things I've been preaching since, you know, 
since forever. So. Yeah, well, and and I mean, being entertaining is a great way to get your message across. Like, think about think about the 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 breadth of of television shows that are available. Like, not everybody is focused on learning and what they're watching on TV, right? They want to be entertained, and and that's true of of humans in the workplace as well. And so, leverage that and and try to find ways to make it a little bit easier to consume because it's it can be heavy stuff otherwise. Yeah, it can absolutely. You know, nothing wrong with having a little fun if it's on target. You know, stays on brand it makes the right point that's the part that's the part that i really challenge myself on anybody can be sort of goofy and you can try these things but can you get can you tie it back to the point you're making and that elevates the effectiveness just really dramatically um so that's the technique i try and use that makes a lot of sense so scott we we're basically out of time do you have any last words of wisdom on and on yeah this has been great (laughs) it's uh (laughs) it's been great having you on i appreciate you taking the time and and you know definitely um you know love the the dialogue that is happening right now and i think we need more of it i think it's it's important for folks to start to get that nuance and that debate and that's something that i talk about and when i think about like metadata and and you know creating definitions it's sometimes good to show the work let's show the 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 debate on something that's not crystal clear because we can get to a better place from having that context and so appreciate everything that you're doing in the in that community um to help us elevate the way we're talking about data so um with that, thank you, Scott, for being here, and thank you all for watching or listening today. You'll find links and more information about today's topic in the show notes. Please remember to subscribe to our show on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Visit algman.com to learn more about Algman Data Leadership and the many ways we can help you become a data leader. Stay safe during these unusual times and go make an impact. 